0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Oh, hang on. <laughs> we haven't tested my mic. Yeah, I've been
2: testing it. It's fine. Oh, you, you, you cheeky, cheeky! I've been, w- I've been dodging. Whilst you've been talking, <laughs> I've been watching it. I'm like, ah, that's fine. Sorry, that's. All. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I had a burp there. The alaikum. My
0: dream has come true. All of you. Stop. About to find out how ugly mankind can really be! Myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face! Talk about your psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass!
2: We are... <laughs> high quality return. Well
0: Welcome...
2: Jesus! Christ, it's been a while since we did this, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review for 2023 as the other Cultaholic lads uh, still shake off Crimbo Limbo, us I don't know what you call it, we're here via Ica Pro Power DeLorean back in simpler times where Vince McMahon was in charge of the, co- oh wait, oh mm. that's weird, who be we, I be Fake Jody, radio presenter without portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the mulligan tomato my- oh, air yeah. from Cultaholic.com, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Jackie, how you doing? Hello. I'm uh, all Thank you, Tom. Good to have a nice Christmas. Yeah. Did you, did you quiet? Yeah. I just doing all the questions. Yeah. How was the New Year?
1: I don't celebrate it.
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: I don't believe in New
2: Year.
1: Well, it happens. What do you mean? Yeah, so does the 1st of February, 1st of March, 1st of April. Oh, so, May, so you celebrate two. every month? Yeah. Uh, I've all, New All or nothing. <sighs> As a man who doesn't drink and who doesn't like staying up late, I'm just like fuck New Year's. I'm just like, and then everyone's like, <laughs> everyone at midnight's like, let's go in the road where it's cold. Hooray! It's January. It's like <laughs> everything about this is shit.
2: <laughs> I must. Yeah, I hear. I actually, I hear what you're saying completely. But it's weird how indoctrinated we are to celebrate New Year's because we were meant to go out New Year's, Alex and I. Yeah, and uh, Alex got that that not COVID, COVID that did the rounds over Christmas. Where everybody just got ill, but it wasn't COVID, mm. but it was all the symptoms and all the trappings of COVID. So she got poorly, and I had these tickets to this comedy gig that ended up we ended up not using. And I was just like, I'm just gonna stay home. I was like, all right, we'll stay home. And, she, <laughs> and you know when you sometimes you're better off set you a trap, and you're like ah, because mm-hmm. it's meant to be me, uh, my wife to be, and her friend Tamsin, and Tamsin's good fun. And Alex went, you and Tamsin can still go out. No, nah, no, we can't. No, ah, no, I'm staying in. I'm like, like as if I was gonna go. Oh, okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> well, no, that's a trap. <laughs> that's a trap. <laughs> I'm falling in that trap. I might be a fucking idiot, but I'm not a monster. Like, no, we'll stay in. We'll we'll watch some shit on TV. We'll watch Jules Holland and Nanny. Hmm. Watch a bit of Sam Rider singing in the New Year, and then and then at midnight we'll toast. And I was knackered because I. Basically worked all through Betwixtmas slash Crimbo Limbo.
1: No like, surprise
2: to anyone. No <laughs> surprise. Right? And I was up the next day to do breakfast on Radio Newcastle. So I had to be out the door by about quarter five yeah. on New Year's Day. But I was like, no, let's see in the new year. And we did, midnight, so we could chink some glasses, chink some champagne flutes to the new year ahead. Wee, Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I think we said, cheers, good night. And then 20 minutes later, we were in bed asleep. Yeah. But it's funny how we're all indoctrinated to go, oh, "Oh, yeah. New year. Yeah. I I
1: just see it as as admin, really. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's a a good start point to do my
2: egg count. By the way. Oh, 2022. Okay. So this is the the bit that you've been waiting for. Now, if this is your first episode of the Cultural Classic Raw Review, maybe your news resolution is to listen to more wrestling podcasts. I apologize. Um, <laughs> we will get to talking about Monday Night Raw from 1996 very shortly. But last year, Jack Atkins, aka Jackie Orlando, dropped the bombshell that he has multiple eggs per breakfast per day per week, and he kept an egg tally throughout the year. Lots of people have reached out with thoughts, concerns for the 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 the, the guts of Jack Atkins. <laughs> who consumes a lot of eggs. Can you reveal the final number of eggs that Jack Atkins consumed in 2022? In 2022, I ate
1: 744 eggs. Is that a record? I don't know. This is the first year that I've kept tally.
2: Oh, right, okay. Yeah,
1: because I just thought, oh, I eat a lot of eggs. And like the end of 2021, I was like, hmm, well, seeing as Admin Eve is coming up, I better start <laughs> counting how many eggs I've had. Um, 744.
2: 744. Now, what is the mindset when you see that number? Is it, is it simply a case of, okay, good eggs? Or <laughs> are you like, I can beat that this year? No, just good eggs. Just good eggs? There's yeah. no, There's no like, sort of like new year, new me. I'm going to get over 800 eggs. No. It's just, it's just a just a running tally rather than a, a goal. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you are not after eating all those eggs is runny. Jack Atkins, I'm just <laughs> regular as clockwork, man. <laughs> Your body is an enigma. <laughs> it should be studied in years to come. On a, maybe on a special TV show, on ITV
1: one. It's like what I said to Sean. I said, I could never be vegan because I my only vices are eggs and chocolate. And mm. you when know, you can get vegan, eggs and vegan chocolate, it's like, no, Sean, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do drugs. I try and stay away from processed meat. I mainly drink water. I was like, and black coffee. I'm just like, allow me
2: 744 eggs and some (laughs) chocolate. (laughs) How does one vegan an egg?
1: You can get, it's, it's, I think it's like the vegan like a vegan egg white if you need it for baking I or for um, see. using it as an ingredient if you wanted like a vegan omelette. So it's basically just, I don't know what it's made of. Probably mushrooms. Everything's made of mushrooms. Yeah, and vegan mushrooms milk. is very pliable.
2: Yeah, wet mushrooms. <laughs> just all pressed together in the shape of an egg. Mm. I've made a vegan egg. I'll crack it. <laughs> why does that sound like something Bulldog would do? I've made <laughs> vegan king. <laughs> i just moulded everything in the shape of, with mushrooms, into the shape of other things. Hey, do you want do you want do you want a cow? It's a cow, like, molded out of wet <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Vegan. Well done, Bulldog. You're into the 21st century. Great, what a, what a boy. Cracking. Speaking of boy, ain't Cracking. Speaking of Bulldog, yeah. Speaking of Bulldog um, mailbag question of the week. There we go. James Teager, aka the bisexual Bovril botherer. Oh, what a like name! That. Yeah, James Teager, the bisexual Bovril botherer. <laughs> It's a strong nickname, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, It says, I'm a chef by trade and hope to one day franchise my own meat king. Sadly, the Smith family are not returning my phone calls. Not returning ours, either. Anyway, just thought I'd ask, how do you think Bulldog would do on an episode of Come Dine With Me? Oh, fucking hell. What a way to start the year. So,
1: Bulldog's... He'd get everyone round. He'd be like, yeah, right, mate, So, don't worry about Tom in the corner. He'd be gone in a bit. He's, he's got to go bookies. He's,
2: he's got his socks on the radio yeah. <laughs>
1: Just the whole house is lit up. But there's,
2: there's
1: just one corner, which is just dark. And there's a lamp on and everything, but it's somehow just dark. <laughs> Dynamite kids, they're furious. He's going to put on his Mac and go the bookies in a bit, bet on the dogs. And then he's like, oh, hey, right, yeah, fuck. Uh, Oh, entertainment. Yeah, he just takes off his top and just stands there. Sweating. Hot dogging. Just going. <laughs> been in the gym
2: all day. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. Um, so his entertainment is him just standing there and flexing. Yeah. <laughs> flexing and sweating. But. Oh, uh, oh. <sighs>
1: <laughs> like, like, I don't know, who, who would be the guy? Like, Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan? Leslie Joseph. Who's Leslie Jordan? <laughs> Leslie <laughs> Joseph from Bear to Feather would be like, hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah. At start it, it just says, Stuffing King. <laughs> Baby Boy Smith, better power slam this first meal. See, yeah, what
1: it is, is, is stuffing makes treats treat any meal. And I thought, start
2: off with a bang, bit of stuffing, stuffing King. <laughs> Hmm, spoken very well, Dave. <laughs> that, <laughs> that arsy little cunt who does the come and die with me narration. Mm, you're a bit of a twat, really, aren't you, Davey Boyzman? Davey Smith has made stuffing balls because apparently that's what they make in the Wigan Mines. Yeah, so it's lovely. It gives you the energy to do a full shift in mind and then have
1: a fight afterwards. Yeah, the energy to, to be walked through a match with Bret Hart at Summerslam 92, I would imagine, Davey. <laughs> But Davy's been cheating because, like, round the back, he's actually got stuffing king where uh, uh, Bruce Hart's just working, making all this stuff. And he's like, really? What if I were to purchase fast stuffing and disguise <laughs> it as my own? Delightfully devilish bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> he's a delightfully devilish? I wasn't thinking of bulldog speaking to himself. I was just thinking of uh, <laughs> fucking what's his name? Um, old WWF commentator from the early nineties. Mean Gene Eglin No. Uh, Lord Alfred. Lord Alfred, Alfred Hayes. Hayes. <laughs> say, Ooh, delightfully devilish, Bulldog. <laughs> just in the corner. Like, like, like the person who does sign language on BBC. <laughs> he
2: pops up. So, Not in the same corner as Dynamite Kid, who's yeah. just sat there seething. He's <laughs> just, just chinning
1: tabs. So, obviously, stuffing is the starter. Main course. Main course tonight. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it simple, Dave. Just meat. And in the corner, who have you got? I don't know, Giles Brandreth. And he's like, oh, <laughs> What I'm
2: a f- line-up this is.
1: I'm afraid I'm a vegetarian. He's like, doesn't matter, everyone loves meat. I'll cut the fat off for you. That way, veggie. Go ahead, have it. Down you.
2: Mm. Connoisseur Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, apparently cutting off meat means it's vegan. Well done, lad. Yeah, of course. Of course. To- <laughs> Go- <laughs> This is this is no one's, no one's told the British Bulldog that whilst it is indeed the appropriate thing to hit a running power slam to win a match, you have to cook your meat first. It's plates of raw meat. Oh, it's blue. Um, They're gonna turn the air blue when they see that. <laughs> just them serving it with just
1: pints of like brown ale. It's it's like Reeves uh, and Mortimer's food and drink. It's like, oh yeah. Brown
2: ale, off it. <laughs> <laughs> All this raw meat washed down with Newcastle brown ale there's going to be some poorly stomachs and some poor conversation around the table shortly Bulldog and then I think Bulldog surprises
1: everyone goes and uh, for dessert what I've done is you see here I've actually made a three tier cake and it turns out he's got this hidden gift of baking oh so it's someone's like oh you should go on bake off he's like you could bake off you little <laughs> twat fucking done with me. <laughs> and he's made this just beautiful cake and pr- presented wonderfully and it's all lovely. And he ends up getting a five because everyone's like, the rest of it was fucking awful. We just saw this <laughs> half-naked man. You've got Frank Frankie de Tory in the taxi holding up a five. <laughs>
2: Frankie de Tory! Uh, Charles Bradworth, Frankie de <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Joseph, of a Feather and the British Bulldog. What an episode! What a star-studded episode! Because, like you know, the stuffing was
1: okay. The meat was raw, and there was a w- there was a weird angry man, and <laughs> the entertainment was just looking at some naked, sweaty guy. But the cake was beautiful. <laughs>
2: Five bulldog picking up the win, same way he did with the hardcore title and insurrection.
1: But when it's when it's everyone when it's the other episodes when he's voting, he's like, oh, brilliant that one. It's
2: like because <laughs> <laughs> he thinks one is best. <laughs>
1: So Bulldog wins by default because he gives everyone <laughs> one and brings their score
2: down. At the, end they go, at the end, they go, oh, Davey, well done. You got 497 points. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I won. I thought that was Lois. And uh, what charity do you want to donate to the
1: ground to? And so Tom comes up and goes, fucking mine.
2: <laughs> he just this grubby hand, this ashen hand, just reaches into this pot of this plate of money, grabs our hand, well, puts his Mac on and leaves the room.
1: Shotgun over his
2: shoulder, he just goes, just looks at everyone in the <laughs> eye, and <just> goes, "Evening." <laughs> there goes kid on his way to the bookies. A firm bet would have been that that would have happened. <laughs> so that's come time with have seen <laughs> the Bulldog. Oh, the first tangent of the year. Oh we're off to great a great str- question. Thank you. Phenomenal the bisexual buffalobotherer. Phenomenal <laughs> question. Thank you, James. Uh, classic <laughs> at cultaholic to send a question in next week. Uh, we will get into. <laughs> We'll get into Monday Night Raw from 1996, <laughs> shall we? I think we've peaked. I think that's. I think if we just if I just clip that off and that's the episode. That's done. Yeah. Twenty uh, seventh of May, 1996. Let's go back to it. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Crossroads number one. Beautiful in the US. Uh, number one in the UK uh, with the success of the impending European Championships. But Deal and Skinner's. Three Lions is number one because football is coming home. Mm-hmm. They will rework this song roughly nine times. Yeah. They'll all be shit. We always like the be- the first one. I remember liking the ninety eight one in ninety eight.
1: Mmm. Because and it was still current then; it had only been two years. Yeah, that's that's it. That's, mm. But then '98, it wasn't cool anymore because Vindaloo came out and that was cool.
2: And then they did it this; they did it last Christmas. Yeah, which I still haven't heard. Oh my god, it's awful. Thirty years of hurt for the men's game. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even thirty years anymore. Um, it's bad. It's, it's just. It's, it's just. It's shoehorned. Yeah. It's crap don't like it. I'm um, I'm sad that they did it. Uh, US <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad they did it. US number one movie Mission Impossible. Okay. This is Tom Cruise repri- and, and team revising and reprising the the Mission Impossible IP. I take it that'll be number one for a little while. Won't yeah, it? It? it's got a few weeks there. Yeah. In the UK, a very different uh a very different movie, Spy Hard number one over here with oh! Leslie Nielsen. The general consensus from this film is that Leslie Nielsen is great. Yeah. He just carries an otherwise shit script. Yeah. And that's The only much things out of
1: your eyes. I remember what Spy Hard is Mr. T gets killed straight away. Mm-hmm. I think Hulk Hogan gets battered. And Weird Al does the theme tune. And it's amazing.
2: I forgot that Hulk Hogan was in it. Yeah.
1: Well, ah. it, it, it was actually in The Observer this week, but Dave was late saying, oh, apparently Hulk Hogan's filmed a bit for Spy Hard. And I thought, I won't include that. But oh. I didn't realise had already come out, but yeah. Um, no, Hogan's trying to lift something and he can't. And <laughs> no, if an old... an old woman does it or something, isn't yes, it?
2: Yes, it's the tag in scene. That's the yeah. spy hard, isn't it? So like, like Leslie Nielsen's getting beaten up. He tags into Hogan, yeah. who takes control. Then he's starting weakening, and he tags an old lady. Yeah, That's from Spy Hard. Yeah,
1: Mr. T blows up in a helicopter at the beginning. <laughs> he won't get in no plane, but he'll get in a helicopter. And uh, Yeah, yeah, Yankovic's head bursting in the song at the opening as well. I remember yeah. that very well. When I went to see Weird Al, in between costume changes, he had a big TV behind him, just showing all the times he's popped up in pop culture, and one of them was in Spy Hard. He's
2: been all over the place, hasn't he, old yeah. Yankovic? On this day in television, uh, two iconic TV moments. We talked about both of them just before we came in to record this today. <laughs> yeah. uh, a US TV movie of Doctor Who mm-hmm. uh, aired on this day. Now, Doctor Who had been pretty, had been dormant since like the late 80s by this point. This was an attempt to uh, re- like bring the brand back to life and potentially turn it into an American co-produced spin-off. Mm. However, uh, this Doctor Who movie that marks the end of Sylvester McCoy and the arrival of Paul McGann as the Doctor is critically unsuccessful. Yeah, You know, it's critically panned by a lot of people. Weak script, not an interesting premise. And it it, it almost finishes off Doctor Who completely. Yeah, I I
1: remember watching this when it came out because... My best friend in primary school, uh, shout out to now successful horror folk author, Adam Hey,
2: Hello, Adam. He won't be listening to this. He hasn't watched wrestling in years. Um, In terms of scary things, does he measure them on the Scoville scale? Let's say yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) But he
1: he, he was a Doctor Who obsessive as a kid, so I'd go around to his and he'd show me all the old stuff from the 70s and... 80s and that so when this came out was like oh doctor who i thought yeah let's get involved and i think i watched about 15 minutes i was like mm. yeah okay you didn't buy it no i it's it's one that's been like reappraised by doctor who fans because um i know loads about doctor who but i haven't really ever watched doctor who apart from the old stuff i've watched oh. bits of the new ones and fraser upstairs loves doctor who he Ashton has a doctor who doctor podcast doctor who. he does yeah but um, Paul McGann's kind of been reappraised because although this was his only big screen out and he did loads of, I think, radio work and radio plays and still played the character and they were all well received. So he, they kept it on the canon and con- con- continuity, but sank, sank like a fucking stave.
2: On the, on the same day, BBC One launched a golf-based game show called Full Swing, hosted by Jimmy Tarbuck. <laughs> Paul McGowan and Jimmy Tarbuck. Scouse. <laughs> um, the best way to describe it, it, was like bullseye, but with golf. I
1: don't remember this, but I do have an image in my head of Jimmy Tarbuck driving in in a golf cart
2: and going like, all right, lads, mm. it's Jimmy Tarbuck. Because he loved a bit of golf, did oh, Tarby. Yeah. Yeah. Like quite a lot of his celebrity stories were on the golf course. He loved a bit of golf, did Tarbs. It's it's
1: mad that like, obviously, Big Break was huge.
2: She was like, snooker, let's turn it into a game mm. show
1: bullseye in the 80s dart I watched a lot of bullseye recently it's amazing but dart game show and a
2: golf game show No, nah. nah the golf I don't know what it, it's weird because like you would think it was almost like a crapshoot as to which ones would be successful because yeah. darts were successful darts. Uh, snooker was successful topless darts <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny why it was successful <laughs> topless golf sorry Jimmy Tarbuck no um, oh uh, the uh, the show full swing was axed after eight episodes ah wow well. so cheers for coming Tarby uh, what's happening in the wrestling news this week is there something seismic and monumental occurring within the wrestling realm um <laughs> I somehow think that
1: that is underselling it all oh, right go on because in WCW on Monday Nitro. Scott fucking
2: hall debuted. Dun 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 Say hello to the Scott Hall. <laughs> so
1: yeah, Scott Hall well no spoilers, this is the start of the
2: biggest era of wrestling history. This is where it all begins.
1: So Dave goes over this. uh, This is the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated June 3rd, 1996. Mm -hmm. Dave goes over the the whole ins and outs of the segments, but I thought, I'll leave that because listen to the Nitro review because you'll be coming up to it. We'll be
2: coming up to it very soon and we'll uh, do a deep old dive into it. But there's there's
1: bits here. Again, I apologize. This is Dave Meltzer, word fudge. (laughs) So as he's put it, he put, Hall came into the ring doing his Latino accent and acted as if he was a WWF wrestler who came out to avenge just company knocking WCW. So he's using all the stuff, Billionaire Ted, Scheme G, Nacho Man, all stuff from the Billionaire Ted's war rooms. Um, from a one-upmanship category, it was the biggest strike Bischoff has pulled off, including the Legs Luger debut, because now he's using McMahon's own storyline parody angles that were supposed to be used against WCW and using them against Vince McMahon. Uh, I, Dave says, this was retribution for McMahon attempting to make a fool of Bishop, Bischoff on Raw. A couple of episodes ago, so when we recorded it like fucking two years ago, Mm. and them saying, Oh, an unnamed Turner executive wrote us a letter, blah, 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 blah. And this is Bischoff just saying,
2: Fuck (laughs) off. This is a big F you to Vince.
1: So interestingly, no name was ever given to Hall on the Nitro broadcast other than Bischoff's frequent references to him saying he wouldn't mention a name because he doesn't want any more legal letters, but you all know who he is.
2: Even when he came
1: out, it was like, yeah. you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. And Hall acted as if he was a WWF wrestler, challenging the WCW wrestlers to a three-on-three match and talked about his side taking over and mentioning the war wouldn't be in commentary. Mm. Dave, a bit of a Dave speculation. The plan, f- the plan was that this match, the three on three, WCW vs WWF, it will be the main event at uh, Bash of the Beach in June. No, July, July. It's Americanized, so he's put the month the wrong way. You know. <laughs> Bash of the Beach '96. It will be Hall, Kevin Nash, and likely Lex Luger. Because Lex Luger, from what I've understood at this time, he's been kind of... No one's trusted him properly since mm-hmm. he's come back. So they're saying, oh, you know, Lex Luger
2: saying, why would you trust me? I came from the WWF. And it would be, and it would be in keeping because he has been, like, constantly this sort of, Oh, am I a bad guy? Am I not? Yeah. Since we started the Classic Night to Review, and it's doing my head in. So this would have been a perfect payoff. So, yeah, it was Hall, Nash, and Luger, potentially managed by Ted DiBiase,
1: who... As we know from Beware of Dog, mm. is out the company. Uh, the WWF's emergency storyline put in uh, made clear DBOX is no part of the organize, no longer part of the organization. Would have hurt or killed the Angle if Ted was made manager. So, but, um, Dave's saying, "Yeah, this is getting dropped." The the DBS-y thing. So
2: that was done. So, the, so what we saw at Beware of Dog was mm. done in order to sort of quash.
1: Yeah. It was, both to, it was both to write D.B.R.C. out, because D.B.R.C. wanted to go out doing business properly, but also yeah. them saying, D.B.R.C.'s not part of WWF. Yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> so the, he's reckoning that the threesome will, the WWF threesome, as he's called, oh. it, will face Sting, Randy <clears throat> Savage, in either the Giants or Ric Flair, and would likely build
2: Scott Hall versus Hulk Hogan in August. So He wasn't a million miles off. No, not I know. Pe- I know Dave gets a lot of flack for like, oh, God, Dave, guessing, getting it, but like... That's almost on the money. And at the time,
1: everyone was like, well, Hulk Hogan's going to stay a good guy. Yeah, of course he'll end up Mm. fighting one of these big new lads and squashing them because it's Hulk Hogan. Uh, Yeah, so Dave's point, how WWF react to this is anyone's guess, and this will end up being very important. WWF officials had talked at length about how they would enforce the company's trademark on the Razor Ramon character, which, in using the the... Like kind of cuban accent wcw has already violated what they claimed they owned intellectual rights to scott hall believed that since he used the slick back hair the same finishing mo- maneuver which was called the diamond death drop in wcw he also had the toothpick and called himself the bad guy while dressing wrestling as diamond stood in wcw oh. he thought well i've already done all this i've established the character i can still do it and So he thought, yeah, I can just rock up and still do all this and call myself the bad guy. And Dave's wondering how they're going to enforce it in court. He'd be like, oh, he used an accent. He can't use an accent. How can they enforce that in court? But this will have rumblings.
2: Mm, Royal rumblings? Mm. (coughs) So, um, yeah, quite weak. (laughs) In terms of the other names that had been... Ruminated to be part of the WWF side in speech rabbits in in bunny rabbit ears Mm. Uh, for WCW. I remember Nelson Fraser, aka Mabel, was another name thrown around. Yeah, as like some like an ex WWF guy with a bit of you know a bit of a bit of credence. I'm glad we didn't go there. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And what we end up getting is something that. Changes the shape of wrestling, and that's no hyperbole. We're still feeling the effects of it today. <coughs> yeah, to this day, it is it is still a major part of the wrestling timeline. Yeah. And some nearly, nearly uh, uh, twenty, thirty years on. Yeah, oh six sixteen. Yeah, nearly thirty years on. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I I this was kind of a period of time for me when I was not a rest, not really that into wrestling, so I didn't really appreciate watching it first time round mm. but it's great watching it now as we do this and realizing this is actually a really big deal and it's I'm amazed at how when I look look at them now <clears throat> look at Scott Hall walking out on Nitro how much bigger he looked yeah like he looked like even in just like jeans and stuff, he looked like a, a star Yeah, compared to when he was in the WWF. I don't know whether that's because it's Land of the Giants or maybe they because they had, we hadn't used him as much. Maybe we always saw him in sort of neon green tights. And
1: I think it was probably as well, because WCW had more money and resources, it's probably just the lighting as well. Mm. It was a bit better. Because especially Raw around these times, it's quite dark, whereas mm. the WCW was like... We've got studio lighting. And yeah, I think, it, like you said, he looks a star. He's the only man who's ever looked cool in jeans, a bum bag, and a <laughs> denim vest. And he's just like, he's fucking mint. He,
2: he looked mint. He really did. But uh, yeah, so that's happened. That's we,
1: we've uh, got some other rumblings in WCW, though, some Ooh. outgoings. The Road Warriors have officially quit. It was the same problem. That again? Had, again, but they've, they're actually, they're out now. We'd heard rumblings for a few weeks that they weren't happy that Scott Hall and Kevin Ash were getting brought in on supposed mega money. And they were like, we're the road warriors. We want mega money. And everyone's like, oh, it's 96. <laughs> <laughs> you still a draw, but it's 96. Let's, let's, let's not they wanted ourselves. road
2: warrior money. <laughs> they did.
1: And another potential incoming slash outgoing, Brian Pillman had a meeting with Vince McMahon on the 23rd of May and had a meeting set up with Eric Bischoff for May the 28th, but it never took place.
0: Mm. It was
1: expected that he'd make a decision as to which group he'll go with shortly. The betting line seems to be that he's going to the WWF, as he and WCW are far apart on money figures. He still wants to continue to do interviews in ECW and eventually build to doing one match with Shane Douglas, which apparently WWF was agreeable in letting him do. Mm. Hmm. So
2: they can be when they want to be, be agreeable. Definitely, as we see with Carl Anderson rocking up at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, to do the deed in in under ten minutes to Tamatonga. God, <laughs> <laughs> was not even a terrible match until the finish. No, no, the finish was like. But we were just sa- forgot what a stun gun was. But we were just sat, sat there going, "Did done all this?" for Carl Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Poor
1: Carl Anderson. <laughs> I like Carl Anderson. Boy, <laughs> so um. Some WWF bits. Mm -hmm. Going back, last episode we had was In Your House Beware of Dog.
2: Roughly 7,000 years ago.
1: (laughs) And obviously it was notable in that the Shawn Michaels just wasn't happy. Apparently he was really furious after the match and had an in-ring temper tantrum at the guy who cues his music, which was edited off the replay show. (laughs) And I was reading a report from The actual what was broadcast and the stuff in the dark. And Jerry Lawler said some outrageously racist things for Heath in the dark matches. And I'm not going to repeat them because even I winced. And I have (laughs) strong thick skin. (laughs) Um, Other WF news. There's a Superstars taping on May the 28th in North Charleston, South Carolina that saw a tryout match with Matt and Chip Hardy beating the Overlords. And the Hardys also had a dark match tryout before Raw.
2: Matt and Chip Hardy. I don't know if this is. Sometimes that's Dave mishearing, mm. like like with Cliff the Rock, Cliff Johnson, or yeah.
1: But it, I thought it was weird saying, oh yeah, they all looked very green. I was like, what? The Hardys who've been constantly on WWF TV doing jobs for two years. Yeah,
2: and, and now do we know who the overlords were? I didn't check, no, because I couldn't find anything about them. I didn't know whether it was another Who? tag team repackaged, whether it was the Barbarian and the Warlord or something else. Who would get brought in in the next couple of years? Headbangers, maybe? I think they've been on as something else. Mm. Not to say they wouldn't have tried them as the overlords. Yeah. But it's interesting how, as you say, like the Hardys have been doing like dark matches and jobber matches for years. Yeah. And Matt. now this, this feels like their first look at them. Yeah, Matt, Matt and Chip. Matt and Chip Hardy. Chip
1: Hardy. Uh, oh. so, someone who loves Chip. The belief is that <laughs> Vader isn't getting over as the killer heel they would hoped for.
2: Just the one Chip <laughs> Vader, you sure? <laughs> um, Bastard.
1: Although he does look to be the favorite to win the King of the Ring, according to Dave. Mm, that would have been fine. Vader's lack of getting over is being blamed on his weight by WWF. And Dave's put, not that Vader isn't too heavy, but inherently you can't make a killer heel out of someone who isn't pushed as a killer, basically. He's saying Vader got over immediately with a monsoon angle, which he did. And then what we've noticed from times, his matches had been going on too long. Mm -hmm. He should be killing people and he's not. And Dave's put, WWF should know better because they did the prototype of how to do this with Yokozuna, who wasn't even knocked off his feet for months, and he fed everyone until he was over and then used them to get others over, gave them the title, et cetera.
2: So. It's this whole idea that on the odd occasion, Vince, if he doesn't like somebody, he'll just put them in a situation where they look bad to hmm. justify, well, there you go, Yeah, look bad. We watched, um, We watched Drop Dead Gorgeous last night. Um, the movie about the pageant, about their beauty pageant. Yeah. And there's this one woman they don't want to win the pageant. So all the all the contestants get really easy fluff questions and then they come to Kirsten Dunst's character and they say, spell every letter, uh, spell every state of America in alphabetical order. <laughs> <laughs> and she does it. But it's like, I feel like they, I kind of feel like they kind of push, put Vader in these situations because they can always justify it by going, well, look, we're wrestlers, pal. You've got to go out there and work for however long you need to work Mm. but if they really liked him and they really wanted to make it work they would like they did with Yokozuna they would protect him
1: this is Vader who got over in every other promotion ever and was pushed to the moon for just mowing through people Mm -hmm. and they just choose not to yeah
2: but even even this week on Raw comparatively to other promotions he doesn't look as strong no Mm
1: hmm there are rumblings of more top-of-the-line wrestlers talking about leaving WWF for WCW, because the speculation that Vince McMahon offered Mark Merritt and Brian Pillman some sort of strong deal or a guarantee, which obviously, you know, the one thing to piss off a locker room is talk of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Brian Pillman will sign with WWF, but some say that he had the first, what was it, the first guaranteed contract in wrestling? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, that's news to me if that's the case. I'm pretty sure well, maybe the wording's wrong, but something where it wasn't just, oh, we'll pay you this, 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 and this for your dates. It's like, here's your downside guarantee. Mm. This is how much you are getting because everyone was starting to jump left and right. So
2: this is where they start bringing in like contracts with downside guarantees. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure of it. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Fuck off. So (laughs) who were the
2: wrestlers again that were upset by this?
1: Pretty much everyone. Again, this is rumblings and hearsay. Yeah. Because if you're in the mid card, say if you're... Picking a name out of thin air, this hasn't been written down. Say if you're Goldust and you've been putting... So
2: on- Goldust was upset. He then. was upset,
1: yeah. But then you see Mark Merrow and apparently Brian Pillman coming in and being like, ah, Mark Merrow, that guy who's beneath you on the guard, he's getting paid far more than you. You'd get a bit... Mm. And Dave said, you know, it's the it's the same as the Road Warriors in WCW that we just talked about, but the role's reversed. And he's put with the exception of Shawn Michaels, whose motivation is no longer money since he got that huge inheritance that we talked about. A fan died and left him millions. Yeah. He said Bret Hart, who hates Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, and Undertaker, who can't take his gimmick with him. There are no untouchables when contracts expire.
2: Mm. Uh, Different world about to break out here, isn't there? Different yeah. World.
1: It's where everything gets a bit mucky, isn't it?
2: And, and they try, and, and they want to lock people in. The downside guarantee will become a a regular feature in wrestling. And and, and and it's something that Kevin Nash will exploit to the highest order. Fair
1: fox, to you, Kevin Nash. Fair fucks. Uh Talking of fair fucks, according to one source, the storyline conclusion to the Davy Boy Smith-Shawn Michaels <laughs> deal was supposed to be that it would come out that it was Diana who tried to seduce Shawn and he turned her down. And then as the woman scorned, she made up this tale. The same source said that neither Diana nor Davey were comfortable with the portrayal, and that won't be how it ends up. <laughs> so instead, they just kind of ended it by going, <laughs> uh Two last bits from Japan. Two sides of the coin from Japan here. Mm-hmm. So in all Japan, Akira Tawe is the new Triple Crown champion. Wait. He, he beat Masawa for the first time in singles action. Spoiler, this will be Tawe's only run with the Triple Crown, and it won't last long. So that's on the serious side of Japan. On the bollock side of Japan, <laughs> Big Japan. They had a major show in uh, Karakuin Hall before a sellout with a gimmick match of having a giant balloon in the air over the ring that exploded at the seven minute and thirty second mark of the main event and would drop thirty thousand thumbtacks to the ring. Wow!
2: I, I miss the days of wrestling being berserk. <laughs> I need those days back. We need some wrestling promotion that is just gonna stick a balloon full of thumbtacks above the ring. In, you know, in, wrestling's
1: you know, bollocks. In in a, in a safe way, of course. Oh, but, yeah. But,
2: Wrestling's bollocks. We can't all take it mega serious and go, I want to fight you and win a title. No. Yeah. I want a fucking unicorn on a pole match. I want to. Well, as I've found out working with you, you and I
1: kind of split on what our kind of favourite wrestling is. Yeah, big style. But even you and I agree that there's so much room for bollocks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we meet. It's in a variety. The, we meet in the middle all the time. Like there's like I don't think there's a wrong way to do wrestling. No, I obviously, always do it safely. But I don't think there's a wrong way to do it. Yeah, I see the absolute merit in a heavy hitting Kings Row style mm. match. I think I think they can be quite compelling, incredibly compelling in some cases. I love when wrestling is bullshit. Yeah. I like when it's sports entertainment Yeah. You know, you, I, I'm not like, I'm not 12 years old and, and sticking my flag in the mast of one particular style. I'm not gatekeeping any particular. Yeah, exactly. Because it's life's too short. Come on it's, now. It's it's
1: it's burlesque at the end of the day, isn't
2: it? It is burlesque. The
1: boys. There'll be a mine pretending to lift something. There'll be someone with a lovely arse and a big glass. <laughs> there'll be someone telling bawdy jokes and then someone will end off the night with an accordion. Whoa. <laughs>
2: Sounds like my dream stag do. Four quid, <laughs> pasty, pea supper. Don't forget the raffle. <laughs> what a lovely night that is. So, uh, yeah, that's. But, all... talking of the raffle, ooh, 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 raffle news. Come on, tell the raffle. Um, Alex and I are still working our way through that big fucking Toblerone that we won at the oh, cold holiday Christmas party. Yeah. Alex won on the bingo, as opposed to <laughs> the raffle, and uh, so obviously I booed and shouted "fix." as she went up to collect her prize, which was a human-sized Toblerone. Massive. And we opened it after we got back from our Christmas festivities in Yorkshire. And we're like, I wonder if it's just like one big Toblerone. It probably is just like lots of little Toblerones in a a novelty box. Nope. It is a fucking huge novelty-sized Toblerone. Ooh. A, a, A pyramid of Toblerone is probably about that big. How thick? Oh, dummy thick. Like, How do you eat it, then? Because regular oh,
1: Toblerone can hurt.
2: I tell you what, I, 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 you can eat it dry. Good luck. Mm. I was a monster on Sunday because I thought, I really want a bit of that Toblerone. i a bit of a sweet... I said, do you want to, do you want to go half on, the, on a slab of Toblerone with me? She went, oh, God, no. It makes me sick. Okay, I'm going to have a little bit of Toblerone. and I had one slab, like... <laughs> Broke my wrist, snapping off a bit of this Toblerone, and it was really hard. Put it in the microwave Ooh. for about a minute and a half, Ooh. but it was just all melted. It melted dead quick. So I was there with a spoon, eating like, like it was like it was like eating a plate of Nutella. Mm. <laughs> Going like, I feel really sad. I've had like half of this. This <laughs> was a really good idea initially, and now I've had half of this. I'm like, I feel really sad. <laughs> This is, like, too much now, but I can't stop eating. <laughs> We've got a combined age of 70.
1: <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking,
2: it's a good idea, though. It's good that, yeah yeah, 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 do it. If you ever win a novelty-sized Toblerone, whack it in the microwave. Dear God, take the foil off first. Have you ever put uh, minstrels in a microwave? Um, no.
1: You don't want to do too long, maybe about 20 seconds. The, hmm. the integrity of the shell stays intact. The inside goes Ooh, all melting. Oh,
2: it all goes hot and chew. Mm. Hot, and, hot and nice. Mm. What if we put minstrels in an air fryer? Because we can, we become an air fryer family. That's
1: how ar- r- Christmas outrageous Christmas. it might work.
2: How ex- right this is shows how you're getting an old and boring. How exciting is it on air fryer day? Oh, amazing. Most days are air fryer days now. Mm. Because it's just it cooks things ridiculously quick. Mm. To the point where the first time I did it. I put sausages in there for like 15 minutes. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> too long!" Sorry, I ruined breakfast. Tell you, literally, it needed, it needed like a wink at the air fryer, and it was done.
1: Sean once made a carrot cake in there. Oh, on the bake setting, and it was superb. Nice. And reheating pizza in it is a game changer. Oh, because they've always said that the best way to reheat pizza is actually to fry it with a bit of water, but do it in the air fryer, and yeah, it's.
2: That's a really nice it's idea. It's
1: hot. The cheese and the toppings is nice and melted, Ooh. but it's still crispy rather than going either solid or chewy.
2: I saw someone making an omelette in the air fryer. We've
1: done that. Sean didn't like it, but I was fine
2: with her. Because so, you kind of just like, it's like you pour all the wet ingredients in, don't you? Yeah. And then just, woof, and then give it a minute or two, and then you've kind of, obviously once you put it on the plate, it's food, isn't it? Yeah. So you're not too worried about the, the structural integrity of the om- of the omelette.
1: Talking of um, boring and exciting things at the same time, yeah. I'm sorry if that. Sorry, we'll get to the rest Welcome of the Welcome to the classic raw review. We got a new vacuum cleaner <gasps>
2: yesterday. Oh, what sort?
1: We went for a shark. We've got a shark!
2: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> They're good, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bloody yeah. good. Yeah. Reasonable price, mm-hmm. excellent work. Yeah. Battery's got a good bit of oomph in it. Oh, we've we've gone for the the big plug-in bad boy. Ah, oh, we got the cordless one.
1: Oh, no, we've we've gone for the for the big boy.
2: Nice. It's something quite deeply satisfying when you get a good. Oh, when you get into a thick vein of Hoover. Oh. thick vein of Hoover. Yeah. We used to have a Dyson, right? A Dyson vacuum cleaner mm. that I got for Christmas a few years ago. The battery died in it. About a month and a half ago, two months ago, which is why we ended, we got bought a shark for Christmas by my brother-in-law. That's very kind. So thank you, Reese. Um, yesterday, when I came to leave our apartment, that during lockdown, there was this thing that was set up where there was like a little communal area for things that you wanted to share or give away for free. There'd be like books there. Or DVDs yeah. or like random things. I think that was that was kind of off this this idea that the TV that I snuck into the apartment came from <laughs> the little free corner. And as I left the other day, as I left, was it yesterday? I mean yesterday. There was like a, like a Sainsbury's bag, and it was full of like Hoover parts. I thought, oh, they're Dyson parts. Oh, I recognise them. There's a little box next to it. Do you know what was in there? brand new Dyson battery is that not the and I thought is that not the universe yeah like in its weird way looking after you yeah
0: and you won't believe it it was the rum. selling a little or a lot
2: brand it didn't fit
0: but (laughs) uh,
2: this is the part of the show where we go into monday night raw week by week by week by week uh the 27th of may 1996 episode of raw now it's a weird one to start with because we've kind of talked about some of the elements of this already because of the nature of beware of dog which is the last pay-per-view that we did a watch log of just before crimble um so Beware of Dog had major technical issues due to a storm in the area. Consequently, the next night on RAW was used to set up Beware of Dog Two, which was where they got they redid some of the matches. Now we've watched Beware of Dog 1 and 2 already. Yeah. So this RAW is doing previews for an event we've already watched but we thought we can't miss this Raw because it's part of the timeline. We have to stop and talk about it. Some important things do happen. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, so excuse our stardust as we make our way through this uh, mess. Uh, We open with the Intercontinental Champion Goldust cavorting in the ring with Marlena. Uh, His opponent immediately is the ultimate warrior. He bombs to the ring, fireworks going off everywhere. This is a first-round match for the WWF King of the Ring. Uh, Lawler opines that Goldust would become Queen of the Ring if he wins, which isn't objectionable in the slightest. Mm. Hmm. Uh, a very dodgy King of the Ring graphic appears in the corner. Very nineties. Yeah. Like a, like a like a bit crunched static image that's flickering because of the way <laughs> that it's like the it's almost like it's not reacting properly to the hurts of the screen yeah you know which like sometimes the tv behind us if you're watching on the patreon sometimes we'll do something similar but it's very 90s i like it and i like the fact that it distinguishes these matches from other matches by saying oh they're king of the ring matches yes yeah like they like it makes the king of the ring feel slightly bigger in context
1: it's it's how i felt when i came back to wrestling in the Ninety seven, ninety eight era and WWF would have the little WWF logo in the bottom left hand corner. Mm. I was like, oh that's
2: cool. Yeah. yeah. It felt it felt like you know, a special programming. Easy. Yeah. When you're flicking around the channels, you would know, oh it's WWF. Uh Goldust gets into the ring eventually. He was stalling on the outside for a while. He gets a pummel in by Warrior, but not before he steals Goldust's taunt. <laughs> he pretty spins the uh the the the, the, the control stick round on the N64. <laughs> Vince, anti-clockwise, Vince McMahon apologizes for the technical nightmare that was in your house. Beware of dog. As Vince is explaining what's happened, which we've already done. They cut to a sign in the crowd that says, let's keep the power on tonight. <gasps> I believe that is a very self-depreciating plant.
1: Yes, but it was refreshing here, and Vince just saying, look, this happened. We're sorry. It was out of our control. God. We'll give you some shows. Usually, you can imagine Vince be like, oh, no, it's not my fault.
2: I could kick the shit out of Mother Nature. <laughs> we planned it that way. Yeah. So we I'm... wanted lights out for three matches so we could do another pay per view for you. Vince came across as a human for a change on the show. Because even during the pandemic, like they never mentioned the pandemic no. until. WrestleMania when Vince came on the stage and went, oh, pandemic, eh? What a nightmare that was. We just decided
1: not to let anyone in the show for these past seven weeks.
2: (laughs) It's so weird. I mean, the idea that it's Vince's explanation for it all has always been, oh, we provide escapism from the real world. But it's really weird when something very real is happening around the world and you're not acknowledging it. Yeah. You know, you say that you say every arena was empty. I think I said this on a few of the, the, the final episodes of graded. I was like, they would say that the arenas were empty, but there was a massive fucking elephant in the room every week. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that they weren't mentioning why no one's there. Oh, there's a pandemic. Like not, No reference to why all of a sudden Goldberg and Roman Reigns is <coughs> off. Don't worry. You've got Goldberg and Braun Strowman why uh, mania hey. we've decided that our garage is a better place for mania than fucking the, the fucking stadium we're in our garage instead fuck it I'll move that old drum kit out the way <laughs> I feel like watching pandemic mania for some reason <laughs> it was it a was, bit sad it was sad really sad I was
1: most sad for Otis and drew mcintyre
2: i was like oh lads you've both worked so hard i feel like the otis moment wouldn't have happened on the main mania card do you know no i think that they would have given more time to other things Aww. i feel like a lot of it like like there was like an Eli- like the elias match that was on the card yeah i wouldn't have made the main show no no i think it was a case of who's around who can film in the next couple of days congratulations, you're on WrestleMania. <laughs> the, the in-the-can-taped WrestleMania as we're all getting our head around the fact that the world has just fucking stopped. Wow. We've lived through, like, something they'll write about in textbooks. Oh, yeah. You know? That's we've... incredible. Two things. Two things. Uh, 9-11 as well. That's true. Yeah. jeez. Three things. Mm. Um, that massive toad around. That massive toad on, on top of my cupboard. Um... <laughs> just gets into the ring, as you say, pummeled by the Warriors some more. (laughs) Vince is talking about the Ultimate Warriors comic book here. The number one selling comic book in the world, apparently. It's all about the art of destrucity, the Warriors' self-belief system. We can't do it justice. OSW Review, go into deep, deep depth on this comic book. Speaking of OSW Review. Oh, yes. So, there's me, Boxing Day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Getting in the shower when I when I get a shower, I just put a podcast on in the background. I've been, you know, I don't know why I'm miming. Everyone knows what a shower is. And then I hear a familiar voice barking <laughs> at me. And in true Father Jack fashion, I was like, "How did that gobshite get on the telly?
2: <laughs> is he never off me, air?" <laughs> yeah,
1: I've
2: not. Of course, we haven't spoken since then, have we? And I
1: turned around and I was like, "Thank God this isn't a video call because it would just be nothing but my cock." <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs>
2: Again? Yeah. watch... A... <laughs> God, <that laughs> happens at least once a week by accident. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Jay, Steve, and V1 for letting me t- crash your show. That was honestly massive life achievement. Yeah. Ma- I've watched OSW for years. Yeah. And, the, you know, and, uh, and, and the fact that Jay reached out and went, do you want to do our ad break questionnaire? I was like, fucking yeah. And I was like, right, how do I do... Like, being me, I was like, right, how do I do this proper... So they're north. We're, going, we're filming. I said, "Right, do you mind if I film it in front of an, an audience?" And they're like, "No, nah, if you can." So I was like, "There it is." Yeah. And bless Jay. He said, "You've now ruined the scale for ad break questionnaires. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's your
1: because I watch a lot of RSW. I just put it on the background when I'm pottering around because it's 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 brilliant. But I was. I usually listen to it and don't really watch it, but there's one that was watching, and there was just like an art segment, and there was a drawing, I think, of a cat by Tom Campbell, and I went, "Yeah,"
2: I was like, "That's got to be the same Tom." That's Campbell. That's got to be Kane. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. so they've they've featured some of my art, yeah, on the show as well. Was it a cat? I think it was. I think it was a cat. Yeah, I drew something for them, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've, I've 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 tried to get a Wap bar in there, but have you not? Oh, I've got the inside track yeah. now. Yeah. Next time you've got a what bar, yeah. fucking yeah. chuck it my way. I'll, Don't I'll, tell
1: Jack King, because I know Jack King's a big OSW boy as well. In so. that case, definitely,
2: yeah. 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 I'll uh, I'll message Jay. Forget that podcast, though. It is our podcast. Yes. So Thanks, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, watch their comic book series on, uh, watch their, their YouTube series on the uh, Ultimate Warrior and the episode about the comic book, because it is just... Super. Bollocks, lads. Yeah. Uh, Goldust takes a powder once more. Armin Johnson
0: appears!
2: There he is. First, uh, what's, what's he wearing? He's wearing a lovely little number, a lovely little baseball cap. He's got a bit of a towel on. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure out if it's a towel or if he's cut a T-shirt to look like a poncho. I thought it was a towel around his shoulders, but now I'm it thinking could have been he, about it. It might have been a T-shirt. Because I thought towel, but then I thought, there's too much shape to it. It, it was odd. It and must, it's full gear as well. It must have been a poncho T-shirt, though. Yeah. Because what he does next is he then picks up Goldust and carries him back to the ring. Yeah. Which you probably wouldn't have been able to do as easily if you weren't balancing a towel at the same time. Ooh. Oh. Oh, hello. Sorry, my microphone just, just popped up there. The power of Ahmed. The star. power of Ahmed Johnson. So Ahmed picks up Goldust, who's trying to leave the ring, and takes him back to the ring as Raw goes to a break. When we come back from the break, Goldust is still outside the ring. (laughs) So it's as if Ahmed dropped him off like two feet from the ring going, there you go! And then just left. When really what's happened in real life is that Ahmed's rolled him into the ring, Warriors beat him up some more, and then Goldust is rolled out again. But we have missed all that during the break. So So the timing's really funny. This is one of those beautiful live roars, isn't it? So So, yeah, it's one of those roars where I didn't mention this earlier, but they've taped next week's Raw already yes they tape it before this one goes live yeah and then they're gonna tape the following week's raw after this yeah just to just so people just to confuse the people that write reviews like dave Meltzer and stuff yeah. okay so gold dust back in the ring <laughs> Uh, gets a low blow on Warrior with the classic, hey, ref, what's that over there trick? Walk off. (laughs) Fuck it (laughs) out. Uh, Warrior gets low blow, but eventually powers up, lands some very sleepy clotheslines, and again, Goldust tries to leave. This fucking match. They're both sweating. Goldust tries to leave again. This time, Warrior follows him up the ramp. The ref counts both of them out. Jerry Lawler... Suddenly goes all fucking Chicago Gloria Love. I am a man who will fight for your honor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he stood up on the announce desk, hand on heart. I'll be the hero
2: that you're dreaming of. And grabs Marlena's chair because he goes, He's going to hurt Marlena. Gonna live forever knowing together that we. And he grabs Marlena's chair, runs up the ramp as if he's gonna hit Warrior. But all the timing is all to cock on this. because yeah. Because Marlena's already gone. Goldust is already gone. Jerry Lawler's like three feet, three footsteps down the ramp, and, goal, and, and Warrior turns around and sees him. Lawler drops the chair and fucking goes. Mm. So Warrior's left to get in the ring and batter Marlena's chair. Yeah. That's how the segment ends. From bell to bell, fucking useless. <laughs> Nothing was achieved. There wasn't even any progression in the King of the Ring because they're now both out of the King of the Ring. Has there ever been
1: a tournament in WWF where someone doesn't get a bye?
2: Oh, I'm sure there's been They a- <laughs> <laughs> They are, are favourites. I don't mind a bye in a tournament because it, it gives the baddie oh, like, yeah. some real, like power some real energy to go like the good guy who's grafted through all four rounds and then the baddie who's just coasted to these fresh as a daisy in the final that's good tournament story shit that but this is just useless and but it's also very in keeping with raw and nitro are very similar for some reason they've got this weird thing about they don't like people losing matches clean well it's all got to be messy
1: there was the reports that they're going to start bringing in some kind of lower card guys to build up Yes, we talked about that, didn't
2: we? uh... Tell you what, though. I quite like this one. Did you? Yeah. Well. Um, It's good that we differ.
1: At one point, Ultimate Warrior hit a fucking belly to belly and a really nice power slam. I was like, oh, here we go. It was, right, let me get this out of the way. It was too long. Yes. The fucked finish was shite. But it was okay. It set the seeds for potentially Goldust versus Ahmed and Ultimate Warrior versus king are either of those being good probably not but didn't mind Mm, Um, we beg to differ but i mean if you said to me this was the worst match you'd ever seen i wouldn't argue with you but (laughs) i i just sat there thinking
2: no we've seen worse they kind of they did more here than they did in their match on pay-per-view no that was (laughs) the worst (laughs) match i think that was dreadful Uh, Vince McMahon runs down what happened yesterday in In Your House Beware of Dog, complete with the the blackout and the storm that ruined the middle of the show. He reveals that tomorrow there'll be a make good on pay-per-view. You can watch Beware of Dog 2. Call your cable operator now and shout down the phone, give me In Your House Beware of Dog 2. (laughs) Which is, I, I'd like to think people just did that and gave no context. And it's like, what? So like, dog! Dog! Give me the dog pay per view! And everyone gets crushed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the game. That's Stupid game, stupid prizes. Uh, so the show would feature the matches that the TV audience missed, and most of the people sat in the back of the arena also missed, <laughs> including a rerun of the Caribbean strap match between Savio Vega and Steve Austin, Ted DiBiase and Steve O are backstage, and they add a caveat, say that if Austin loses, Ted DiBiase will leave the WWF forever. Well, this was news to me. Well, it's not like we talked about that last (laughs) time we were (laughs) here. He will, yeah, he he left. He's gone. Um, We watched In Your House in its entirety last time we were together, and he's gone. WCW have thrown some money at Ted, and Ted is away. And Vince McMahon has taken a close look at Steve Austin during these strap matches and thought, this is what we talked about during the yeah. um, the, the watch along where Steve, in the, Steve Austin for the first time is being considered more than just a good hand in the mid card. This is the, this is the equivalent of coming out of the friend zone.
1: Yeah.
2: It doesn't happen very often, but it's very exciting to see it happen and we oh, wish yeah. you the best of luck. We're all rooting for you, Steve. We're rooting for you, Steve. Get <laughs> some cock. Um, <laughs> I meant money. <laughs> Meant money. Speaking of cock money, it comes Sonny, the hussy of the tag team division. Mm. That's not me being a dick. That is essentially what she is being booked as. Yes. She started with the Body Donners when they were tag champs. Yeah. When the Godwins won the belt, she moved briefly over to them. Yeah. And then at In Your House Beware of Dog, she planted a kiss on Billy Gunn. Billy fucking wore the face off her. Good lad. Yeah, yeah. You you get your (laughs) your one chance, you know, in for a penny. (laughs) That led to the Smoking Guns becoming tag champs. And now she's out here in her Daisy Dukes as a Smoking Gun Lady. Do you know what I noticed as well? When the guns came
1: out. Their vid- on the video wall it was just videos of just Sonny looking gorgeous on a
2: beach I was yep. like yeah that's the story I think if Sonny had become our tag team our tag team manager I'd yeah. have said the same thing yeah. get the video of Sonny up there fuck it there you go uh, they're facing the bodied honors. they are livid about about Sonny jumping ship Hillbilly Jim is on commentary he's livid uh, his boys lost the tag titles and Phineas is a heartbroken thick little boy uh, <laughs> Because of that dastardly Sonny Hillbilly talking to him, like talking about him like he's a child, like Finnish doesn't understand, and I'm trying to make sense of it to him. Like Phineas is just like, but Pa, she loved me, Brandine, she loved me.
1: I was just looking at Hillbilly Jim. He just sat there for. He'd make a good Hagrid. <laughs> he's he like, bloody would, wouldn't he's he? Like
2: twice the size of Vince, just there, just go. Ah, oh, <laughs> bollocks! Nothing, <Enough laughs> Wigan. My favourite Hillbilly Jim bit is when he walks out. In the um, gimmick battle royal, arms oh. on his side, and goes, <laughs> and he looks amazing. He feels like, give him the belt, you cowards. <laughs> give ill Billy Jim one more run. Uh, Vince reveals that the Godwins are going to get their rematch against the smoking guns at King of the Ring. Fucking whoopee. Mm. <laughs> the guns look good against the Donners. Yeah, Billy hits a beauty of an overhead suplex. He counters an arm drag with a with a with a rainmaker.
1: The guns have improved so much. Mm. There was a segment in this. I'm not sure if it was the same segment. Probably was where Billy's chain wrestling with Chris Candido and keeping up with him. And I thought, fuck me, They're good on the lads. They've been putting in the work,
2: putting a shift in, didn't they?
1: Yeah, because before this, it felt like, oh, it's Billy good of of you know the smoking guns. But now it's like, oh, here's
2: here's Billy gone?
1: as we know him, mm. the guy you can just fucking go like the clappers.
2: <laughs> Skip sizes up Sonny as the show goes to a break. We're back with the Donners cheating to take control over Bart Gunn. Here's an interesting little bit of history for you. Here we go. Harvey Whippleman, around the 25-minute mark on this episode of Raw, mm. walks out to the ring. Mm. The storyline with Harvey Whippleman is that the referees have been crap lately and it's his job to organise an independent appraisal. Mm. He's been brought in as a consultant to check on how bad the refs are doing. And as we've seen already, they are shite. Especially in this match, Brazil, have <laughs> Now, <laughs> if Now, uh, he's always bad. Yeah. It's weird. Now, if I'm right in terms of how these shows are structured, <clears throat> at the time that we are looking at Harvey Whippleman writing in his notebook, mm. Scott Hall is walking down the ramp on Nitro. He's walking through the crowd on oh, Nitro. Shit. So imagine watching this in the, in, the, in 96 and going, oh, there's Harvey Whitman doing that thing. Everybody who's a wrestling fan, their phones are ringing. Yeah. Fucking
1: turn over now. Fucking Scott Hall. But I'm looking at Sonny in a little Daisy juice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Scott Hall. Who's Scott Hall? Ray's about oh, oh, shit. <laughs> so that was, so if I've got the timing right, that was happening at the time that that was going on. That's cool. So I tried to listen to any cadence from Vince's commentary to see whether he, because there was something when, when, when something happened. Was it when? Yeah, when Luger turned up on Nitro. Yeah, you can hear Vince's voice. I think it's when Luger turns up. You can hear Vince's voice. Trailing. There's one thing. Is he trailing off or? Yeah, like he's a bit distracted. It's either when Luger turns up, or no, it can't. It can be. It can be when Luger turns up, or when. Bischoff gives away all the results. No, it can't be that. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's something to do with Bischoff. It was something to do with Bischoff because it was while I
2: was on the show. Yeah. I'm sure it must have been. It must have been when Bish, when Luke... I remember Jarrett walking to the ring as Vince was hearing something or being told something. Yeah, yeah. com, if you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but I couldn't pick up any sort of cadence here that made Vince, e- like, f- like, he didn't seem to sell it. No. <clears throat> there was nothing here that suggested otherwise. But who's to say that during the breaks he wasn't just fucking losing his mind? Yeah. Not there's anything he could do. Yeah. Skull's a free agent. What are you going to say? Uh, as Harvey Whipperman is on the ramp taking notes and as Scott Hall is making history a few channels down the line, <laughs> Phineas Godwin heads to ringside. <laughs> he looks fucking furious. <clears throat> and he says, you know who I am? but you don't know why I'm here. That's right. Phineas Ramone. <laughs> he's flicking slop, people. Chicken Instead bones. Of... Chicken bones, even better. Uh, Phineas heads to the ringside. He's furious. Uh, he's trying to shout at Sonny, and Sonny's not having it. Hillbilly Jim's trying to calm Phineas down. I showed you me bum. He <laughs> said you liked it. He said we'll be friends. Come on, he said we'd do a kiss. Come see me bum. Come on, look at me bum. Henry's out going. You don't want look at your bum, man. <laughs> I want to show me bum. Uh, Phineas uh, then is led to the back, and uh, that's their involvement done for the night. Meanwhile, Billy gets knocked to the outside. Sonny rushes to his aid. This is where we start learning uh, the, the the sort of the dichotomy between yeah. the guns now, because Sonny and Billy are very much like the the, the couple, and Bart is just fucking. Getting on with the job because Bart eats a double uh, slingshot suplex. And then, as Chris Skip comes off the top rope, Bart manages to reverse a cross body into a pin. Well, it was all Candido, let's be honest. It was all Candido and get the three count. And uh, the guns retain the titles with uh, Billy Gunn and Sonny making doughy eyes at one another outside the ring as it went on. Yeah. Well, Meltzer was saying that for him,
1: this match was a bit of a failure. Because in his words, he was like, well, the guns are acting more like heels. And the thing is, in this in this thing, Sonny is the heel. But because everyone loves Sonny so much, she's just getting cheered out of the building. So he's like, oh. but So the guns were meant to be the goodies. Go, no, the guns were meant to be kind of healing it up slightly. I think right. the story they're trying to say is, oh, Sonny's a corrupting force. Look at these lovely cowboys battering Tom Pritchard. But... <laughs> And um, that's how we
2: read it anyway. But I just thought it was just people love Sonny. Why fight the cheers? Yeah, there is that.
1: What did you think of the match?
2: I thought, Do you know what? I thought it was a decent enough match. Like technically, fundamentally, a good match. Yes, yeah. traction's everywhere. But fundamentally, it was a it was a strong match.
1: Yeah, I've, the in-ring action was
2: really good. Like I was saying, the, the guns have really improved. And it's, it's
1: hard to look bad against Pritchard and Candido. Mm. Something felt a bit off. And I couldn't figure it out. I'm not too sure if it was the over-focus on Sonny. But at least the tag team scene feels semi-interesting.
2: There's at least stuff happening. Yeah. It. Like Even even if the stuff happening is Sonny being in it. Yeah. There's at least stuff happening, which I think is important. Yeah. We get another recap of Beware of Dog. Uh, this time it shows Shawn Michaels ripping up the subpoena and the controversial double pin that briefly saw our boy Davey hold the world title. Well, technically his wife, Diana Hartsmith, who held it upside down, upside down. in a still photo very briefly. <laughs> There's a, there's a timeline somewhere where Diane Hartsmith is the world champion. <laughs> Vader is out for his main event match. He's facing Ahmed Johnson in a King of the Ring qualifier. Big lad fight. Uh, this is a, this is a <laughs> as close as all Japan as you're going to get today. Sir. <laughs> On commentary is the Slammy Award winning King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Uh, he has his arm in a cast. Uh, Vince asks if it's really hurt, and Owen's like, "Well, I wouldn't wear it if I was. Mm. If it was all right." Uh, Owen assures him he'll be bigger and better, and he's going to win King of the Ring. Mm. Despite that,
1: never mind that though. Mm. We had a, a
2: little insert here, didn't we? we fucking well, did we? The Sega Saturn Slam of the Week. <laughs> you were saying before about the King of the Ring
1: graphic being really nineties. Sega Saturn and fucking footage of Panzer Dragoon fucking amazing I just sat there going
2: absolutely amazing the Sega Saturn logo which is which is just a ball with an S somewhat hidden around it somewhat creeping in quite late hiding again which is weirdly in keeping with the history of the Sega Saturn anyway so good Um, Slam of the Week didn't show a slam so thanks (laughs) do you want a few bits about the Sega Saturn at this point in time oh go on Okay, so the Sega Saturn, uh, notorious Sega hardware bomb. Yeah. Uh, it all went wrong before the thing had even come out because Sega Saturn had seen the uh, seen the world of com- computer gaming changing very quickly with the PlayStation on the horizon, Nintendo cook- concocting up something special with the cartridges. So they decided, so the 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 CEO of Sega went, "I know, we're gonna release it early!" Four months early. They went to E3 and said, "Hey, you've heard about the Sega Saturn? It's coming out. It's coming out tomorrow!" To which all the retailers in America went, "What? No, you haven't told us this." All of the all of the retailers in the Western world were completely caught off guard by this announcement that the Sega Saturn was ready now. Yeah. And they had no stock in, they had no stock, they had no games that were ready, and this is what really soured everybody on the Sega experience from here, because they made this big announcement without clearing it with the retailers, and especially in the Western world, where they were caught with their trousers down. Well, You, you, you told everybody that the game, machines are available now, we're going to spend the next three weeks telling people that we haven't got any in stock, because you haven't sent us any. Yeah. And this led to a real rush to get it to get it ready for the western market. Uh, my favorite Sega Saturn story, you have to have a favorite Sega Saturn story is Clockwork night, which is the platform game about the toys and the wind up um, the wind up night the clockwork night uh, and his adventure through the through the house. It was meant to be one game, but they made this announcement and they went, <laughs> we need some fucking launch tiles. How's clock, Clockwork night already oh, right about halfway done. fuck it dude. Other half make it Clockwork Night Two. Release the first half, and that's what they did. Jesus, so Clockwork Night and Clockwork Night Two are meant to be one game, but because they fucking shat the bed and released this thing early, and they caught them off guard, they're half <laughs> oh, that'll do. Was Clockwork it, Night was it the Saturn that Sony
1: killed with one word?
2: I think it might be the
0: Dreamcast
2: with the price. Yeah, yeah, because the I think it, I think it was the Dreamcast. That's too late, isn't it? maybe it was I, I, know the, I know the thing you're talking about but I thought they were talking about the PlayStation 2 because they, they came out and shocked everyone. maybe it was the Saturn yeah maybe it was the Saturn because in that same thing they went hey it's going to be $3.99 and it's available now haha eat your dicks Sony and then the PlayStation rep came up and just went $2.99 <laughs> and everyone just went you cool, ah, you cool bastard! Cool bastard! <laughs> Two ninety nine. Like we're gonna undersell it by hundred quid, and then from there there is this there's this catch up, with because you know, Saturn is so fucking expensive to make. Yeah, they have to release their games at a certain price to make money back. But now they're in a price war with Sony, who can afford because it's so... and this was another issue with the Saturn. It was a developer nightmare as a tool. Like developers said, we can't get our head around some of the, the technology to make games for this. Tomb Raider came out and it was all fucked because like they, like, like, there was issues with like the polygon design and stuff, and it was all glitching. I was like, it's your fucking equipment, mate. It's fine on the PlayStation.
1: I can even remember at the time as a kid, my brother's mate was a big Sega guy and he had the Sega Saturn. I remember seeing Virtua Fighter, thinking, why are there so many angles? <laughs> Everything's made out of
2: Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't talk about Tableau, um, mate. <laughs> there was obviously the the whole fun about the Sonic the Hedgehog game that never was yeah, for Saturn, because yeah. again, like your flagship character, you gotta have something in the in the pipeline for him, right? Yeah. Okay. What is it? We've got a game. We've written about the cartoon series. well The cartoon series is just finished. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna start again. Okay. So how's that going? Oh, we're, just... we're gonna release a Mega Drive game. Again? Yeah. Yeah. 3D special stages. And that's... Thank you. And also, Collector's this with all the Mega Drive games on. Uh, And it was shit. (laughs) God love them. Sega's console war, because of all of this, was done. Uh, By this particular point, May 1996, the PlayStation was outselling the Saturn 2 to (laughs) (laughs) 1. Sega's console war was over at this point. But hey, we're hanging on in there. Panzer Dragoon Two is a great game. Yeah, Sam Driver was telling me this because it's not because on our timeline it's just been released, and Panzer Dragoon Two is an excellent game. Like it's just a shame that it's out on it's out on some hardware that never truly got the uh, the love, respect, and the time it needed. See, yeah,
1: my my brother got the PlayStation day it came out, so. Never really touched the
2: Saturn. That's the problem. Like, yeah. And a lot of people went that way and just went... Yeah, PlayStation was a phenomenal bit of kit. Yeah. We've been Sony, we've been a Sony house ever since. Like, I, we got our first PlayStation when I lived uh, back home. And I got the PS2, the PS3, the PS4. I will no doubt get a PS5. I've played Xboxes. And I just... No. See, I was Xbox until the PS4. Yeah. yeah. And then
1: PS4 turned you around. Yeah, because when... when when we became late stage teenagers early 20s half my mates were on the 360 and the other half my mates were on the Playstation so I played 360 with my mates and one by one they all just went I don't game anymore and the lads who were on Playstation were like we still do so Mm -hmm. I went hmm but I've still, got a, I've still got a 360 at home and I've got a PS5, which I don't know why I bought it because I only play Minecraft on it. <laughs> <So.
2: laughs> this is why we've held off buying a PS5. Have mine if you want. Bring it there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want a cat for it? <laughs> I've already got two. Aww. They get on fine. It'd be a great sitcom. <laughs> uh, so the slam of the week is indeed, as you say, doesn't feature a slam. It's merely the premise of Bulldog winning, then not winning the WWF title.
1: It, the best bit was the end, though, because. So nineties, not only Sega Saturn, but also the kind of like cool, radical, huh. <laughs> yeah. and at the end, it just cuts to a claymation cockroach going Sega. I was like, <laughs> I rewatched that about four times because like that's that's amazing. Sega's marketing is just fucking ridiculous at all times. This felt like a cutscene from. Here's one for the kids. Joe's apartment. Ooh, Ooh, I know. MTV's first ever film starring Jerry
2: O'Connell in a flat full of singing cockroaches. Wow, I've not heard of this. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. I imagine that's popped quite a few of the boys that listen to this. There's a character in it called Walter Shit. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's some homework for all of us there if we've not heard of Joe's apartment. Yeah. Raw is sponsored by Big Red Cinnamon Gum and Got Milk. Milk. Do not chew gum, then drink milk. It's disgusting. Or oh, especially cinnamon. <laughs> uh, Ahmed Johnson, Vader, King of the Ring, fi- King of the Ring opening match, King of the Ring final one would, one would dream. Ooh. Ahmed batters Vader, <laughs> and the crowd are going. Mental. They are so excited. I'm enjoying Ahmed's spinning kicks in the corner. <laughs> kick and twirl. Kick and twirl. Kick and
0: twirl.
2: <laughs> but the crap, honestly, the, the pop for Ahmed. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't you put the belt on this guy? Yeah. Holy shit. Like, okay, is he the safest guy in the world? He's injured a few people, but whatever. We'll let bygones be bygones. Is he the crispest guy in the world? Well, he's injured a few people. We'll let bygones be bygones. Is he the best promo in the world? Well, he's injured a few people, but we'll let bygones be bygones. A a force. One name for you
1: who is similar in all those areas but became world champion, Bill Goldberg. That's two names. Well, it's (laughs) one one, one moniker. Mm. Goldberg.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You could have done that with Ahmed. Imagine if they just called him
1: Bill instead of Goldberg.
2: Bill. (laughs) Bill.
1: Here comes
2: William. I said here
1: comes
2: William. I said here Here comes William. William. Here Here comes William. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Was he crisp? No. Injured a few people. (laughs) Was he got on the mic? No,
2: that doesn't matter. Was he a safe wrestler? I don't know, let's ask Bret Hart. See, uh, the thing about Bill Goldberg is uh, he's a disgrace to our profession. (laughs) (laughs) He feeds burgers to swans. (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes them float. Um, Armored battering Vader was just a phenomenal bit. And then he cross bodies Vader to the outside. Beefy boys. Vader's mask fucks off somewhere. His <laughs> knee pad comes off.
1: He's just like, oh bloody hell!
2: <laughs> Cornet clatters armor with a racket. It is zero effective. Cornet fucking pegs it to the back, and Ahmed stalks him up the ramp. Now it fades. It fades here to an ad break. Mm. We presume because the way that Vince was going, um, we presume that Vader was was whatever equates to running yeah. up the ramp to take out Ahmed at this point. We don't see that happen. Yeah. We come back from break, they're back in the ring and Vader's on top. So we assume that Vader attacked Ahmed. Clever move to have it cut here or what? Yeah. Because then you want to stick around and go, "Uh Yeah. It's all of kicking that. off. Could go backstage. Who knows? We mm. could be fighting in the aisle. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Vader's dominant from here. Ahmed has a couple of little flurries, mm. um, including an incredible vertal, vertical suplex onto Ahmed. And the crowd again, and Vader, are just going, oh. They're loving every bit of it. Love it each day as if it's the last. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I had that
1: stuck in my head last week. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I told you I was like, I've got love it each day. stuck in my head. She went, oh, now it's stuck in my head. That's crap. <laughs>
2: Uh, Ahmed avoids a moonsault from Vader and he's on the fight back. He lands a power slam, but Cornette distracts the ref. He gets brought into the ring hard way by Big Johnson and Johnson throws him into Vader and yeah. he ping off Vader like a fucking pinball. <laughs> this leads to Vader going after, like, oh, get you, Ahmed, and just fucking lifted off the ground into a. Sp- oh! spine buster <laughs> it was a nice spine buster well. oh yeah well, thankfully yeah. it was a good one crowd are going crazy mm. Ahmed covers but the ref is checking on Jim Cornette who's been pinballed off of Vader at this mm. point Uh with the ref distracted Owen Hart is out of the commentation station he Bob Orton's Ahmed Johnson off the top rope right with that cast and uh, cracks it across his
1: head never mind the cast did you see what he was wearing Short sleeve shirt, tucked into
2: black pants, leather tie, cowboy boots. Snakeskin cowboy boots. He was dressed by Bruce Hart that day. <laughs> And uh, this cast knocks Ahmed out and Vader pins him. This is apparently Vader's This is apparently Ahmed's first pinfall loss. Yes. What a shame. Yeah. Why do we have to have him lose? This should have been the
1: King of the Ring final.
2: Uh, Why instead of Austin? In at this
1: time, not knowing. Not knowing what they were going to do with Austin. If I was watching it, I'd think, why isn't this the final? You've got, ah, okay. Yeah. But, you know, the, the main event monster and the next big thing,
2: Ahmed Johnson. Mm. Exactly. But instead, it's a, it's a match with a, with a convoluted finish that sees Ahmed pick up his first defeat yes. in the WWF. I, I I, mean, okay, we know why it happens because it facilitates what happens next. Yes. But what do you think the thoughts of the match?
1: Ahmed looked impressive with his power moves. The crowd are still really behind him. Mm -hmm. And the thing that um, Dave was saying before about Vader is what they should have had was having him just mow through geeks and then have Ahmed go the distance, but then fall short because it makes him look better. It didn't matter though. People were still behind Vader as well because when he goes to the Vader bomb, they go, oh, Vader bomb. And he gets top rope for the moonsault and everyone goes, oh, fucking hell. Mm. So it was... It got a really good reaction. It was a good crowd, which helped. I think it was a sellout of this as well, and it's live, which just always makes it feel a bit more, ooh. Um, but yeah, Ahmed looked all right, and none of his moves looked too dangerous. I don't know if it was the fact that he couldn't ragdoll Vader and injure him, or if he thought, oh, if I hurt this fella, he's going to crumple me. <laughs> but like I was saying, if if it wasn't for what we know with Austin going the distance, if, this, if someone would have said, this is your King of the Ring final, I would have been like,
2: yeah, fine, mm. fair. But you know, I I enjoyed this match, yeah. Yourself? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Heavy hard hitting, heavy hitting nonsense. Yeah. Ahmed looked great against Vader. Yeah. Um I'm just sad that Owen had to get involved for the finish. I wouldn't have been too upset if something had happened and Vader had knocked him out and beat him clean. Yeah. I just want a few clean wins and losses. Yeah. Don't seem to get them. Or even if not clean if he,
1: it was Vader who got the finishing Blow behind the ref. Yeah, fight. if yeah. it was
2: Vader that had got the the final bit, like if, if if Ahmed had been knocked out by that cast, and then Vader had gone up and hit a Vader bomb. Yeah, like then Vader could like take some of the some of the glory, but he was like KO'd as he pinned him. I'm yeah. like, that's a shame. That makes Vader look a little bit weak. Um, Vader uh, leaves. Ahmed has to be stretchered out of the ring. He is out cold from that cast shot to the head. Did you see he was stretchering him as well? Uh, I saw Dave Hebner. And Wurzel. Wurzel. (laughs) I didn't spot Wurzel. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Wurzel and Dave take Goldust, (laughs) say Ahmed, to the back. Goldust appears and pushes everybody out of the way and says, this man needs the kiss of life. Uh, Sorry, this man needs mouth to mouth. Yeah. And Goldust starts giving Ahmed Johnson the kiss of life. And Vince is repulsed by (laughs) this. Quote, the most revolting thing we've ever seen in the history of Monday Night Raw. He's just giving him mouth to mouth. And it worked because Ahmed pinged away. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. There was obviously a little pervy nature to it because at one point, Golders <laughs> is very subtle with it. Like he's giving it, he's blowing it into his mouth. And then at one point, like he wobbles his head around a little bit. And then you see him sort of grope his chest a little bit. Not too much though. I think you see him lick his lips as well. Oh, I think he's... he may have just a, just a quick little <laughs> Um Ahmed wakes up so it was effective, again, you're welcome and he is livid that he had mouth to mouth because he can see all the gold paint around his lips Yeah, and he loses his fucking mind, mm. he's throwing stuff around, he gets off the, the stretcher he goes down a flight of stairs but he's still woozy, possibly concussed <laughs> Bob Ollie's waiting for him <laughs> You're right there, Ahmed, mate. Give the hand, Ahmed, mate. <laughs> and Ahmed just fucking grabs Bob Ollie, holds him up against the wall, and shakes him down for coins. <laughs> it's like I was, I thought this should give Bob Ollie a. Bob Ollie should demand a title run after this. Yeah. Uh, after he after he chokes out Bob Ollie, he sizes up Mark Mero, and like Mark Mero's like, "You're looking for gold dust? Yeah." He's over there! He had like a little wizard-like energy about him. Just like the, there in his gear and his vest. And like, when
1: he was choking the fuck out of Crash, Ho- uh, Crash Holly, sorry, Bob Holly, yeah. in the background you can see Mark Marrow just standing there waiting for to Like chair. an NPC
2: waiting for someone to press Triangle. Hi, Traveller, over there! <laughs> the, the big door with gold dust written on it. So Mero directs him to the next uh, to to the next uh, the next uh, vantage point. And as he walks towards the door, someone that looks a lot like Al Snow is stood in the doorway. It's not Al Snow. It's like Al Snow dressed as Bret Hart. (laughs) But casual Bret Hart, the lesser known wrestling figure, (laughs) Bret Hart Day Off version. He stood. It, for some reason, this guy is going, you can't go in. Now, what authority, Jackie Weaver, did this guy have to stop Armour Johnson from going into the locker room? Who knows? But Armour Johnson's not having this. He fucking runs at the door, letting out a primal scream to add plus five speed. Boom! <laughs> Give us one, give us one, but quite agitated. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the door comes crashing down with the guy as well. Yeah. Ahmed's in. It looks phenomenal. And then Ahmed looks his, folks out of the door and goes, oh, there's no one again. No one not He could have gone a bit further into the room, but he just then, and then he just toddles off, like making grunting noises. At one point, like... Looking for something to knock over because, like, he's been knocking over like bits of equipment, pushing down a door. He can't find anything within reach to knock over, so he just like wafts a curtain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as soon as he does that, you hear a woman scream.
1: Yeah. My <laughs> just... animal <laughs> as he Hit the curtain. It was Ned Flanders in his purple dress. That's it
2: and then he walks off into the distance at like the end of The Hulk as the show ends. And Vince McMahon, Vince, bless him, the, the perils of live TV. We're going to show you a replay of what happened. Oh, that's the end of the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Signing off with Ahmed walking off into the distance looking to gut gold dust for bringing him back to life. Um, thoughts on the end segment of Raw? It was great. It was really and It good. made Ahmed Johnson look like a
1: badass. Rather than just... Being squeaky clean, oh oh I've lost, but bloody hell. He's going off to another face, Bob Ollie, and throttling the bastard. Just <laughs> be like, okay, you are, I'll smack you in the face. Where's Goldust? He's been taking liberties, son. Mm. I thought
2: it was great, fantastic. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> I think it's the it's the best we've seen of Ahmed. Yeah. And it will I think it will lead to a title. Mm. Not the not the one that he needs, but but we'll get one out of him anyway. What were your overall thoughts on Raw? I thought it was I thought it was fine I thought there was yeah. like a story that tied through the night with Goldust and Ahmed yep. that bookended the show um, it, it was a weird one because obviously we were already a lot of the things they talked about we've already talked about so I think from next week it'll be interesting because then it's like a clean yeah. slate off to a, a bright new era but it obviously it'll be whatever was taped before this I thought the thought the main event was the best part I thought yeah. the last I enjoyed the last 10 minutes of Raw more than the first 39 yeah yeah but not to say... I mean, the first match I didn't enjoy. I no. didn't enjoy the first 15 minutes. I thought the, the tag match was fine. And then I thought the main event stuff was excellent. How about you? I
1: liked this. I, mm. I liked
2: all the matches, even even more. Yeah. Mm. But this was
1: a rarity that I liked. This was only the mid card. Only. Good hand of the mid card. You got the, the Goldest, Goldust and Ahmed Thread. You could, Arm um, Thread. You can argue that um, Warrior is a main event, but he's in the mid-card at this point. They're mm. setting up something with him and Lola. They're doing more with the tag division and the bits for Austin and Savio Vega. No Bulldog, no Sean, no Undertaker, no who else could be a main event. Yoko, why not? Mm. No
2: Mankind, nothing.
1: So it was just the mid-card. They went, this is what we're doing, and we're focusing on them
2: next week. Who knows? See you later. Everybody who is everybody is is here for the Raw taping. Yeah. But obviously they're splitting it across three hours of television. So I believe Undertaker is on, if not next week, the week after. Yeah. Bulldog will be making a return. Mankind will be there. But for this one, as you say, it was a, a strong focus on mid-card stuff. Which is fine. Rather fine. than just having... Because there's been other times when there's been
1: tapings than, say for the stretcher of tapings, on the live one, Sean will come out for a match, but then next week, he's out for a promo, and the next week, he's out for a promo, and you can see the diminishing returns, as the guys mm. like, oh, Sean again, all right, sexy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with this one, it's just like, he's not here till later, so we'll get that one big pop, and mm. keep it going.
2: You're right, sexy boy. <laughs> like, good morning. <laughs> good morning, good morning. I did uh, the last show, the last ring announcing show I did before Christmas, was for Northern Grafters, end of year, event where all the trainees put on a wrestling show. Yeah. And it's, uh, my mate HT Drake that runs it. And he went, would you be up for coming down and announcing?" And I was yeah, why not? It's Christmas. And, um, I'm, I'm friends with, um, uh, Big Joe, uh, Benchmark Big Joe, as we call him. And, uh, backstage I was asking everybody like like what's your hometown your weight nicknames and stuff so for everybody he overheard me saying he said oh his nickname is the sexy boy <laughs> and for so I was a running gag of the night so of course when Big Joe comes out uh, the big st- <laughs> here he is the sexy boy Me <laughs> and I just just because just as he was going through his fucking as all the wrestlers do because they're fucking taunts for there as mm. I say it I just see him crack you fucker <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to the sexy boy Big Joe Big Guns Joe I'm actually gutted that there's a wrestler called Big Joe because I've... there's two. There's Big Joe. And there's Big Guns Joe. Big Guns Joe is the guy I was talking about. I got that slightly. Annoyingly,
1: right. I have a mate called Big Joe, oh. who's Liverpool's strongest man and has been for years. He's no like way. he's like a proper strong man. And I've said to him, "You should get into wrestling. You could be Big Joe. Oh, you can't be Big Joe. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, bigger Joe. Biggest Joe. Biggest
1: <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Would he do
2: it? Is he not bothered?
1: I don't think he's bothered. He's, he goes in for, like, the proper strongman. Like, he pulls trucks and all that shit. Could we, like, watch him on, like, New Year's Day on Channel 5? Hopefully one day, yeah. Oh. Yeah. He, he, he just, like, eats, like, two apple pies for his lunch. <laughs> Quick one before we go. He nearly made me burst laughing. We were at a um, surprise party for my mate a few years back. And the light goes out because we thought he was coming, and he didn't. It was a false alarm. And he decides to just go, hey, Jack. And I went, yeah, Joe. He went, Take one off the bucket list the other day. I went, oh, I he said, yeah. Got fingered by a middle-aged man. I just went, <laughs> and everyone went, shh. And I went, <gasps> and the lights came back on. I went, oh, fuck off, Joe. <laughs> I said, why? He went, ah, went to the doctors. Oh, look, he's coming. Switch off the lights. And I went, ah, why'd you go to the doctors? He went, ah, oh, to check me prostate. Been shitting blood. And I'm just going. And they'd like to come back on, false alarm. I was like, why were you shitting blood, Joe?" He's like, oh, I, 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 I ate two trifles for me lunch.
2: <laughs> training, I'm putting on mass. <laughs> I wish it wasn't the trifle coming out. It was definitely blood. <laughs> yeah.
1: He, and then told me what he has to eat when he's, you know, bulking before he goes into proper trainer mode. And it's obscene. If you think me eating 744 eggs a year is ridiculous. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I, I've known this man all my life, and it's to... getting to a point where I'm just like, you're massive, but I'm going to miss you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> on that bombshell, he is at <laughs> he is at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. We're back next week together. We are at Cold Olig on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Happy New Year. And goodbye, middle-aged man. Love you, bye. <laughs>